Listen to Dungeons with Dudes, a podcast with dudes, dungeons, dragons, and flagons, every other Sunday on the Journey into Comics Network. Following, following the following a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. For a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I'm the man of the hour. The man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the Macho Man. Yeah. The best there is. The best there was. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Two words for you. Two words. The champ is here. Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a very special edition of Journey into Wrestling. This is the Journey into Wrestling. AEW Full Gear Preview Show. Tonight is Full Gear. Tonight is the first official pay-per-view AEW is doing since debuting on TNT and since we've had six straight weeks of Dynamite kicking that NXT ass in the ratings. (laughs) Today joining me, as always, welcome back once again, my friend. Buckles, how you doing? How's it going, my dude? I'm doing well. Excited for a excited for pay per view night. I'm enthusiastic to talk to you, obviously, but uh, <laughs> as you know, we're here in this shitty weather time, and the universe is trying to kill us all. Oh, don't I know it? I work primarily outdoors, so dropping into the uh, low 30s and high high 20s is not something I look forward to every year. You're like, oh great! I have to break out the Carhartts. Fucking awesome! Yep, I have to break out the uh, the actual flannel like down jacket today. I wasn't really prepared for that. Oh, brutal! No, I gotta say it's weird but, uh, having a weird having a pay per view on a Saturday. This is kind of throwing me a little bit. I love it. Oh, I'm not complaining. I love it's that just, they ah. just took the risk. Yep. So uh, I've got the uh, full list of matches. I don't know the order here, but I do have the full list of matches here. And I'm, sure, sure. Well, I'm uh, glad that whenever we, you're ready to start reading them down, we can read them down one by one, kind of talk about them, break them down, give our predictions. Obviously, we'll see how uh, far off kilter we are here. Sounds good. I know right, uh, I'm glad we waited until today because there were just, I think, at least one or two matches added just yesterday. So I am excited to see it. Um Starting with what I believe will probably be on the pre-show or the early card will be uh, Britt Baker and B. Priestley. This is a little feud that's been, uh, it was started all the way back in All Out, I do believe. Uh, Fight for the Fallen, actually. Or Fight for the Fallen, thank you. I always forget about that event. Like, Not that it was a bad event, it's just no, not one of the major ones I think about in my head. I always get kind of thrown off because Fight for the Fallen and Firefest were very close in time. And both have similar names, so I kind of get them mixed up every now and then. Yes, absolutely. But if but I, uh, if I remember correctly, ahead. it was uh, an opening tag match uh, with Priestley and Baker on opposite ends. And I don't know if they intended to build the feud from there, but they got the lead into it when B. Priestley 
straight up kicked Baker in the head and legit concussed her in the middle of the match. Potatoed the back of her fucking dome, bro. It was brutal. Yes, it she was. She stomped hard. It was, and uh, it was pretty obvious from the word go that something was up with Baker. Like, she went to the wrong corner for a tag. It uh, it was really weird at the time. It and definitely showed that uh, maybe Brie Priestley, I mean, you, you want to say she didn't do it on purpose, but... I don't imagine that she did, but... Um, but it's it then good... makes you wonder how is somebody who is unable to buff a, a fucking stomp like that right. working in AEW. Like, I can fucking fake a stomp. I'm, right. not, I'm not trying to be shitty. Like, I'm not trying to be like I'm smart mark or whatever. But, like, seriously, man. Well, she is she is still kind of on the green side. Like, she hasn't been wrestling that long. But I would still just chalk it up to it's no different than Swagger punting uh, Ziggler in the face. Like, it's just uh, accidents happen and a work kick doesn't always uh, work like it should. But yeah, uh, th- it was a nice little build-up for a, a nice little feud that they continued on it uh, all out with the uh, um, the Battle Royal. The women's Battle Royal, they had a lot of that, uh, a lot of the thread going through that was Priestley and Baker trying to get at each other. And, uh, you know, if I'm looking at this from a booking perspective, I just want to get my thoughts. Because also, I believe they had some sort of beef. I don't know if they've actually had a match on Dynamite yet, or on Dark, rather. But I feel like there was some sort of segment that further sold this, like, three weeks ago they or had They had a tag match. I, I have to look back through my notes. I believe on Dark. Um, just uh, a mixed tag. I think it was her and... No, it was actually on... A, it was on an episode of Dynamite. It was Baker and Reho versus uh, Emmy Priestley. and Bree Priestley. That's right. And I Priestley was still a little bit overzealous. I think they're trying to play it up by that point. But that furthered it a little bit. And then um, really, Baker drove it home this week uh, on the Tuesday edition of Dark. We thought I had to you know, specify that there were two Darks this week. But on Tuesday, she actually had a little bit of a promo uh, regarding that. And sold it really well, I thought. Did you happen to catch that? Brits? Promo? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, dude. She was fiery as shit, and she just came correct. And she's like, you know, I owe you. There's a receipt coming. Like, There's a receipt coming. Th- she had a great line at the end of uh, explaining her submission hold, that lockjaw hold of uh, pressing down on the, I guess, the mandibular vein or the mandibular nerve or whatever she called it. And she says, I can, uh, you know, dislocate your mandible and blah, blah, blah. Basically, I can rip your fucking jaw off if I so choose. It's like, all right. Okay. So, uh, question is, where are you going with this? Well, I think that it's silly to put B. Priestley over right now because, first of all, if you're AEW booking and you're like, man, one of our girls hurt one of the other girls, it doesn't look good on you. It looks very, no offense, WWE of you to just right. put that chick over and just keep her like in the driver's seat of the feud. Right. It gives it gives Britt Baker a little bit of a spark, and also I feel Britt is in ample position to be in the title hunt with Riho and Emi Sakura and all these ladies that are right up there. Uh, I feel she has been kind of overlooked, and, and her injury did not help her. Uh, you know, uh, with getting stomped in the dome, it just kind of like slowed down her timeline a little right. bit here. So I don't, 
I mean, personally, I'm taking Britt Baker. But I, what are your thoughts? I would kind of lean towards Britt as well. That um, seems like when going back to the initial announcement of AEW, she was one of the first female names dropped. Like she was one of the first female signees. So it seemed as though that's some way they wanted to hitch their wagon to from the word go. And since then, they've had her in that little mini feud with, with B. Priestley. Even if it's not gotten a whole lot of focus, they've mentioned it. And they had her in a match with Riho for the title on Dynamite. They had the, uh, oh, the uh, Britsburg, where she had the homecoming in Pittsburgh, her hometown. They're, they gave her the promo rather than B. Priestley. So it seems to me like that's who... They may have put the title on Riho because the fans love Riho, but it seems like Britt was the one they kind of handpicked to be their, the face of their uh, women's division going forward, at least from the beginning. So I think, and if not her, Kylie Ray, who is no longer in the company. So I think this is a chance that, while they may have the belt on Riho, this is their chance to really build Britt as the person to watch in the division. So I think this is a good statement win for her and a good feud win for her. Uh, if they can have B come off as a monster throughout, so much the better, too. Okay, so my question, how quickly do you think the receipt gets given? Uh, I would imagine probably pretty quickly. They'll at least uh, okay. probably touch on it pretty quickly. Okay, and then B, is B, Presley, Priestley, going to uh, accidentally fuck up again, do you think? I doubt it. Like I said, I think that's a, a legitimate one-time oops thing. So I don't think it was, you know, intentional. I don't think you can chalk it up to anything other than just an accident. So I doubt there's any injury that actually comes of it. They may do an angle or something, but uh, for that receipt. But I don't see uh, I don't see any botching if we don't have to. Good. I, I hope that's the case too. I don't want to see right. anybody injured. I just right. think. Uh, I worry sometimes, man, that when you have somebody like B who is maybe vying to be in Britt's spot, you hurt the top person a couple times and put yourself in a position to take that spot. I mean, yeah. I hate to be like that, but people are like that. You got, I, I'm people just can be like always that. psychologically thinking about people it. People can way. be like that, and there's, you know, I could go off topic and get into a couple moments uh, in women's wrestling where that's legitimately happened. There's a pretty infamous uh, event in history in Japanese female wrestling from a couple years back that uh, is very similar to what you're describing. But uh, I think I'd probably save that for a different episode. Um, Sure, save it, man. But I would say in this case, B hurts herself more by, uh, you know, intentionally injuring somebody than she would gain anything from it. So I doubt you see anything. I would say go... Give everybody the benefit of the doubt. The same that everyone's professional here. And my hope, my hope is that we plan this episode's release to the point where, as soon as we're finishing up our episode, is right about time for should be uh, for the buy-in. I mean, for people listening, anyways, when it drops, you know what I'm saying? Should be. But, um, uh, I think the second match on the buy-in was actually just added, I believe, yesterday. Uh, is Joey Janela versus the Chairman Sean Spears? A angle they teased last second on Tuesday's dark, right? And then we have uh, to specify again Tuesday's dark because we had two darks this week. Yep they uh, they built it pretty much from scratch with uh, uh, Spears going after Janela's tongue with a pair of pliers, which is oh my god no no please no. 
brutal. Uh, they did have a little bit on dynamite from it, uh, where uh, Spears was going to work over. I can't remember who it was he fought uh, on dynamite. I have to go back and look at my notes again. Um, I know whoever it was he beat up in the match. Let's see here. Uh, Brandon Cutler. Yes, goes I, after damn Cutler. It, after I was the struggling match. for some reason. I want to say Jungle Boy, but no, it's Cutler. Yep, goes after Cutler after the match, and Janela made the save. So, further in a little bit. Uh, there's no stipulations added to the match. It's just a straight-up match as far as I know. So, uh, you get Spears, who's more of a technical wrestler. Joey, who is more of the uh, hardcore style but can work a technical match. But uh, Spears is known for his chair shots, and we built this up with a little bit of brutality. So, do you think we're going to see a clean match? Uh, you know... I think so. I think the first match you have to have it clean because that kind of plays to Sean Spears, uh, his true persona. Because the he was kind of being playing dirty with the chair shot, you know. Right. But it wasn't like an it wasn't during an official match or anything or like right. that nature. And obviously he has been using the chair, but he's got Tully there to kind of play. So you've got classic, you know, heel heat right now where Tully can interfere in the match. Sean right. Spears gets over like a roll up maybe with a tight grab. You know, and then Janela's like, no, motherfucker, now you're coming to my turf. Let's do like a <laughs> hardcore match or a lights out match or whatever the fuck you want to have a match, chairs match, we whatever. see that. So who are you going with overall for the first match here? Assuming this is the start of a feud. Okay, well, again, we look at, I, I, I okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention this to you as well because something else that happened that we're going to be talking about very soon, which is the tag titles. My decision was like further um, stamped that it was what I wanted to say was going to happen because I've noticed not really a full trend, but kind of AEW sets a tone with a lot of the night. Like they let a lot of the heels run rampant kind of, and then the next week it's like a little bit more face heavy and then it kind of flows back and then you kind of have a couple of the middle guys. So looking overall at this whole card, Thinking about where this match lies, thinking about the first match we talked about, Britt's a face, we'll say. She's, you know, a little firecracker, but she's still she's still the good guy. She's going over. Joey Janela is right now kind of in the face seat. Mm-hmm. Sean Spears is definitely a lock for a win, and I call it a dirty victory. I would say so. I think uh, right now they're trying to uh, build Spears as a bit of a mid-card heel. Um and I, which is a very good spot for him. Um, they've had they've given him two quick wins uh, over Cutler and then over Nakazawa on Dark. Um, that kind of buffs buffs his record up a little bit. Wait a minute! Don't you mean Naka Naka uh, Naka Nakazawa? However many Nakas it is, honestly, <laughs> I don't ever get it uh, right. Um, but yeah, they've given Spears a couple quick wins. Uh, to kind of beef up his win-loss record and legitimize him a little bit more. And I think they're trying to solidify him as that threat. So I can see them giving uh, Spears the rub here and actually trying to establish him a little bit more with a legitimate win over an actual competitive opponent. Um, and I think Janela is going to be a better babyface chasing him down after the fact. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, and and Janela needs that like white hot good guy yeah. rub right now. I think it'll really help him to be ultra over. He's already like the kind of more underground fans know him, but mm-hmm. some of the more casual fans that are just starting to jump ship over to AEW are like Joey right. Janela. Who the fuck is this guy? You know. So I think we're both on Spears then. Yes, yeah, so, so far we are in agreement two for two across the board. Uh, I will say I think Sean Spears is getting set up for at some point being a mid-card title guy. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, I don't know if they will create like a national championship kind of like Power has or if they'll have like a uh, Intercontinental a belt, TV title possibly. Yeah. Uh, I think it's definitely a possibility. They're going to eventually have a mid-card. They don't really have a mid-card yet. So I think once that gets established, they will need something to for everyone to chase. And I think that's a good idea. Um, and I do think that Spears would be right in the league for that mid-card heel or kind of a gatekeeper heel. Yeah. Uh, so next match, you, you alluded to it a minute ago, is the tag title match. You have SCU holding the titles for about 10 days now versus Lucha Brothers versus Private Party, who uh, got in with a uh, win over... Uh, Dark Order this past week. Dark Order, man. I'm not sold. I'm really struggling to enjoy this gimmick or understand its purpose. Or Dark Order, you mean? Yeah, Dark Order. Yeah, I agree. There, yeah. There's something there. There's a great tag team there, but that gimmick needs some work. So. so of the three here, we have a triple threat for the tag titles. Well, essentially you have a rematch of the finals of the AEW tag right. tournament, which was SoCal Uncensored versus Lucha Bros, which was a hell of a match on Dynamite mm-hmm. two weeks ago at this point. Uh, ultimately, Scorpio and Frankie pick up the victory there. means they're coming into this now as champions. You alluded to Private Party winning their spot from Dark Order on Dynamite this past week. So all these things considered, you have a triple threat match with some, like, the only thing that would make this even better is if the Young Bucks were in it in a fatal four-way because right. they're, like, the best working tag team. Right. Um, so as far as thoughts on this, I think this one, the fact that Private Party got added late uh, kind of tips the hand to it a little bit. I don't think that they want to take the belts off of uh, SCU yet. And they don't want to give. can't make the Lucha Brothers have another yeah, loss. They don't want to give the Lucha Brothers a pinfall loss. They can take the win loss record loss, but I don't think they want to have them actually get pinned. So I think they've uh, they kind of finagle Private Party in there to take a pin. Now that doesn't give away who's going to win because you could have Lucha Brothers pinning Private Party to win the title, but I True. think Private Party is there to take a pin regardless of who's winning. Um. I don't see them taking the belts off of SCU right away. That's a really... I mean, you ran a three-week tag title tournament, and really longer than that for uh, the bye over the summer, just to get to that title. I don't think they're going to you know, invalidate that in 10 days. Well, especially since you still haven't even had the payoff from, like, Daniels hasn't been back right. yet and even seen the fucking right. titles. Like you're gonna just take the belts off of them right before that even happens. It doesn't sell the story. Right. Now I do think I still think there's money in that feud, in the SCU Lucha Brothers feud. And 
really, I still kind of stand by my guns. I thought Lucha Brothers were going to win the titles originally because I think there's more money in SCU chasing them than Lucha Brothers chasing SCU. So I wouldn't be averse to seeing the Lucha Brothers take the titles. I think that tells a little bit better story. I can see a world where they have Daniels come out in like a wheelchair or something to show their support and the bros get the win because they do something horrible to Daniels. But I think smart money is on SCU keeping the belts for now. I think there's a better story to be told, but I think that's the route they're going to go with. Absolutely agree. Now, if they're totally random and want to throw off fans and give some hype, Private Party is a pretty over-tagged team right now, I they will are. say. They are. Uh, and it would be totally non-WWE of them. Let's just mention that again. They are not WWE, so we got to think about these things. Like It's kind of exciting in wrestling to think about things differently. Like right. You can't really telegraph, well, fucking so-and-so's on the poster next week to defend the world title. I guess they're probably coming through with it, and sure enough, you know. Um, so, I mean, maybe they throw a wrench at us and put private party over, but I agree. I think smart money is SoCal uncensored SCU. I could see, I could see the private party getting the win if it was a one-on-one, but to me, having them added in at the last minute, just, it tips the hand a little too much. I don't see them taking it tonight. Yeah, and it doesn't further their story because they can chase for a while since they're such right. a young team, and when right. they finally do win, they'll be so over. Right. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go SCU just because I think that's the route they're gonna go with. I don't necessarily think that's the way I would do it, but I think that's the route they're gonna take. Do you think that uh, the Page Pac match will be next? Um, it could be. Um. I don't have the way I have it listed here was just how they ran it down during the uh, dark pre-show, so I don't have it as the next on the card. But they they very easily could be. What do you have next? Uh, the next one I have listed was uh, Riho and Emi Sakura. Let's talk about it. I honestly I don't see this one as being any kind of an upset worry. Uh, the build's been almost non-existent, other than. Oh, you know, soccer getting a pin over in one match and, and them having several tag matches right. and working each other right. pretty consistently. I mean, there's which a, is the there's safe a decent, thing to do with your champion. I'm just saying there's a decent story there with soccer being the one that trained Riho, but they haven't really touched on that too much. They haven't really built from it enough to see them using that as an actual story. Honestly, I think they just needed someone to challenge Riho and that's someone that they could probably trust to have a decent match with her. You know so, what's going to happen in this match? Uh, yeah, I don't see I don't see any world where Rico doesn't walk away with the title. Well, I agree with you fully, but I don't think there's going to be a world where either of them pen either of them. Think they have a dirty finish or a non-finish? Non-finish, Awesome Kong comes out and fucking wrecks them both. You know, I could see that. I see where you're coming with. Like, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. We've had the vignettes with Brandy a couple weeks in a row now that's not really really led anywhere. We haven't even seen Kong on Dynamite yet. Right. So, And really, those those vignettes have been interesting because they're not directed at anybody specific that I can tell. No, she, I mean, she had the little, like, lockbox with pretty much right. everyone in the women's division in it. So, and I think yeah, it's I because, it. like, Brandy knows that by herself she couldn't conquer the women's division. Right. 
but Brandy with Kong is unstoppable. Like I don't you put Nyla Rose in front of Kong and she'll still get fucking wrecked. Honestly, I saw a great I think it was on Cage Side Seats had a great uh, analogy of Brandy and Kong as uh, Master Blaster from uh, Thunderdome. Awesome. Yes. Or uh, if you're not into the Thunderdome, I could also see it as being a Ferator from Mortal Kombat X, which I love the idea of. Nice. I love both those concepts. Yes. Kind of the puppet master bleeding. So I think we're both pretty much on Riho retaining at least. Yeah, regardless, Riho retains. I don't think there's any world where we're too early in this company to have a shock uh, title change, except for, well, we'll talk about it later. Anyways, uh, up next, dude, what do you got? Uh, Next, I do have uh, Pac versus Paige. And uh, that's that's a really interesting one. Um, for two reasons, Pac well, really genuinely has like an affinity for this whole win loss record thing. Yes, like he he cares. He does. Like him actually losing pisses him off. He does. He does have it in character that he cares about his win loss record. And really, uh, a few others have mentioned it. Uh, Moxley made it a point, which I really liked. Um, the thing with Pac is that they're treating him as a main eventer. They're treating him as, you know, a main event level threat to whoever's got the belt. And the win-loss record is meant to reflect that. Um, so I could very easily see Pot coming away with a win. Um, just to maintain how much of a threat he actually is. Um, but I mean, I want to see Paige do some cowboy shit. That's the thing, is that... <laughs> They've spent a lot of time with, um, with Paige, trying to build him up as the guy. They spent the whole summer with him versus Jericho, and really, this match was originally supposed to happen at uh, at Double or Nothing before Pac pulled out of it. Um, Correct. And they ran it back on. Uh, there was an injury angle with it that they did. They had a lot of plans for it. Um, and then they ran it back at the original, the very debut episode of Dynamite with Pac getting a clean win. Clean as a sheet. No and questions. Really, I see, I'm kind of almost torn because I think that Pac is definitely the better threat and someone you want to keep that emphasis on. But there's two or three different stories they can tell with Paige right now. I'm not sure how they want to do it. I, I Correct, because like you can go, yeah. I don't know how, again, we talk about it a lot, but you don't keep up with being the elite nearly as much as I do. Paige has been really distant, man, and they've right. been like showing the side of this character where he's just like, yeah, I guess I'm part of the elite, cool, like I'm part of the team, yay. And his win-loss record has not been great on Dynamite either. It's not been great at all. So... And he's in this in this slump. So what do you do? Do you put him over and give him this huge fucking win on the big pay per view, mm-hmm. or do you bury him just a little bit further because you know that when you do pull him out of this bullshit, he's he's a money maker, right? So I mean, I think ugh. prediction wise, I I love a good redemption story, and there'll be I'll be touching on this a little bit later as well. I love a good redemption story, and I think that they've got this idea that Paige can't quite connect. He can't quite get it right. 
Like he's hitting on all cylinders, but he's just misfiring at the last second with a lot of his things. And I think there's going to come a time where he has to, you know, pull himself up by his cowboy bootstraps and get a win. But I think he hasn't had that come to Jesus moment yet. So I think Pac comes away with the win tonight. I think it's a little weird because you could have, you're building up another main event level heel that wants a title shot. So that's going to have implications on your main title hunt. But I think that Pac is definitely the better cat the better choice at this point. Okay, looking again at the overall card, balance, how you want to do this, what story you want to tell with your well, night. Hold on, who do you have of, as a who do you have as oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you were going to the next match. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like overall how we're building right now. You've had right. only really one heel victory if we're looking at what we've predicted previously and, and Maybe the Lucha Bros pull off, uh, and they would be the other one there. Right. But, uh, uh, based on what we're predicting so far, though, you almost need you almost need Paige to lose here, honestly. And I'm gonna and, and it's gonna be set up into what ultimately is the the last four matches we're gonna talk about are all elite matches. Right. They're all members of the elite, and. Out of all four of these matches, I'm just going to predict it here, and you're going to kind of see where I'm coming from. Only one or maybe two walk away with the W here, and right. I don't think it's Paige tonight. I don't either. I think that he's the best one to have a loss and create a story with. So I think Paige is probably the least likely to actually get the win. So you're going with Pac then? I'm going to go with Pac. Yeah, Pac for the W here. Net. Kind of keeps our balance on the heels. Have a couple victories. Faces, quote unquote, faces have a couple victories now. Well, so where are we far, going next? So far, you and I are in agreement with everything. Um, the next one I have is uh, the Young Bucks versus Private Party, or not Private Party, yeah, uh, Proud and Powerful. Too many P's. So uh, the new look LAX, Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz. Crazy tongue. I. I gotta go with Proud and Powerful. I think the Bucks can easily take another loss, too. I think they need a loss. I think that Santana and Ortiz need to, and we're going to go a little bit backwards into Dynamite here, they need to further their heat from putting the Rock and Roll Express out because uh, they got attacked before they got a chance to actually present the belts. Right. Uh, they needed to get home in time to be able to do NWA power. Right. Because I don't know if you caught that. They were on power this week as well. Yep, they have been. So uh, that's pretty awesome. But, uh, yeah, I think that Santana and Ortiz need to solidify as a threat. And the inner circle looks like a joke if they don't walk away with the W here. I agree. Um, I do think there is a little bit of thought in the Bucks getting a win because someone in the elite needs to have a, a victory at some point. And they really haven't gotten any wins yet. So, I mean, they've had the Bucks on. And so far, other than the uh, the tag match against uh, uh, Hybrid 2 and, and uh, Kip Sabian, the Elite hasn't really fared very well on Dynamite. So, there's the thought that they do need to give the Bucks a win or somebody from the Elite a win to further them up a little bit. But I don't see it here. I think that... 
you have a proven act in the Bucks that the fans know is great and will not turn on, but you need to establish guys like uh, Proud and Powerful, who people might not have seen as much recently. And really, Proud and, and Powerful's course, only had, I think, two matches on Dynamite at all. Correct. They've just been in vignettes with the inner circle, and that right. leads me to kind of my next thought. If Santana and Ortiz are to be victorious, which I believe they will be, I don't think it's clean. I don't think that Jake Hager gets involved, but I think maybe Sammy Guevara does. Yeah, I can I think that. he's kind of a missing component in this whole night. Like, Sammy Guevara needs to be somewhere. I Honestly, uh, I, I thought there was going to be a, a, a Hager and MJF match added in or some some form of Hager and Guevara tag match added in. But I think that's probably... I think you'll see one show up at uh, at this match and then one show up in the Cody Jericho match. I think Hager is more likely in the main event match. Correct. That's so exactly, I could, see, exactly could easily see Guevara playing a role here. So are we both on uh, Proud and Powerful then? Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I think the Bucks need to fall here. Uh, the only way the Bucks, well, no, I, I can't even say that. No, the Bucks have to lose this match. Yeah. The end. All right, so I'm going to say that the uh, the title match is probably not going to be the final match of the night because the lights out match will probably be the last one on the show. It's usually so, their mo how they've kind of done it. So I think the next match would be the Cody Jericho match, which is. Arguably, if that wasn't for the uh, lights out stipulation for Mox and Omega, then I think this would absolutely be your main event close the show. And I mean, I think it still is going to quote unquote kind of close the show. Like, I don't know if you're going to top the kind of performance these two can put on. And got to touch on Cody going way the hell out of his way to sell the living hell out of this match over the last week. Great, great, great promo. Cody's done a hell of a job telling the story, and that's really what he does best, is tell that story. But I mean, there's a reason they made yeah. this the first feud for the title. Right. And for those who have missed it, the stipulation added on to this. There's a lot going on with this match. First of all, they added a couple weeks back that it, there will be a decisive finish, They, uh, at least in terms of uh, pinfall or submission. There will be three judges that are there to uh, to rule on the match if it goes to the time limit draw. And then Cody came out after the fact and said that if he loses to Jericho, if he does not defeat Chris Jericho, he will never again challenge for the AEW title. And that's a heavy thing to throw out for your very first pay-per-view with one of your main guys. That's huge. I mean, it's unexpected, but it's also so... AEW of them yeah because he didn't listen Cody's first of all had one of the greatest promos in wrestling history we can't just shy over it like that was an amazing moment this past week um his emotion was real he was wearing his heart on his sleeve he really let it all out there he said things he really meant he called Jericho a stupid dick which I absolutely loved I marked out so hard the uh the dig on uh, Jericho's book being on Amazon for three dollars absolutely had me in tears and then like talking about how he must have missed the part where they were cut for the same cloth Mm because of his dad being a very wealthy hockey player you know like he hit on. He touched on all the real shit and did it, it was in such a, a way that promo. was so no like, clever and well done. So, thoughts on the match itself? 
Match itself. Well, uh, let's factor this in. Like I said, Cody didn't shy away from his dad being a booker. Right. Who also challenged for titles. Bill Watts doing it. Uh, there was another guy, Eddie Graham, I think, and I, I, I might, Graham, might, yeah. be fuck, might be fucking that up. But uh, these guys all kind of did this thing, and Cody's now at a point where he is the guy helming the ship. I'm not going to lie. I, I wouldn't put it past him to make Cody lose this match. I honestly think he does lose. Um. First of all, I don't think I, I I'm going to throw out there. I don't think the judges thing is going to play a role in it at all. Mostly because I don't see Jericho going Broadway. I don't see him going the full sixty minutes. No way. So I don't before then. I think the the judges thing is just you know muddying up the waters a little bit. But um, I don't think they go to time. Um, I think really it's too early to take the belt off Jericho. It really is like it's too early to take the power from away from the inner circle. It's too early to take the title off your your still most known name um, while it's still in its infancy, and there's still a good story to be told there with Cody. And I, you mentioned the the Bill Watts thing that the head booker challenging for a title. And being seen as a vanity project is something that's been a criticism of AEW ever since its inception. Everyone immediately thought, oh, the Bucks are automatically going to be their, ti- their title holders. The- Cody's immediately going to be the ta- the champion because he's never had a world title before and he's never, you know, had that. And he's, of course, he's going to book himself. He's going to Jeff Jarrett this all to hell. Wait a minute. Cody technically did have a major uh, the world NWA, title. He was NWA that's champ. True. That's true. But again, I mean, he was also the booker behind that, too. You're right, you're right. So, okay, you're right, though. You got me there. So, I think that kind of subverting that and it openly acknowledging the fact that he is in that position, I think is a good idea. And I think that taking Cody away from that picture for a little bit of time, A, it adds to his character, it gives him a story to tell, and it allays a little bit of that suspicion. I think the Bucks losing in the round, first round of the tag title tournament helped with that. I think the fact that Kenny isn't in the in the title hunt right now helps with that. And I think that taking Cody away from it immediately will help with that little perception of it. Um, and really, you can still uh, have Cody challenge. You know, if he's still an exec a year down the road, well, he can say, well, hell, I lied. <laughs> I'm in charge here, so yeah, I'll challenge for whatever the hell I feel like. Have that heel. Or they could make the a match where there's a stipulation where the winner gets a shot and Cody somehow finds his way into the match or is in the match by right. proxy or it's a right. like a rumble type match, you know. There's, thing. I, it, there's still ways thousands of different things. It, yeah. So I think as much as I would enjoy Cody winning, and I never thought I'd hear myself say that because I really didn't value his matches that highly. But he's gotten to become an excellent character worker. And I would enjoy seeing him win the title. But I don't think the time's right. I think from a booking standpoint, I don't think that you can, in good faith, take it off Jericho yet. I will say this one thing. If they give Cody the belt, 
and and I know that's a, a long stretch if they decide. Because I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think Jericho needs to keep the belt a little bit longer to just keep the legitimacy of the title. But if, and, and only if they put Cody over here, okay? Bucks come out, Paige comes out, maybe Kenny, maybe not. He's getting ready for his match or whatever. Elation, everybody's celebrating. I think I see where Paige you're going here. is going to take Cody's head clean off his fucking shoulders. Well, I was going to say MJF, but yeah, I could see Paige going for it. Because, like I said, Paige has been distancing himself and being the elite. He even kind of had this weird interaction that they showed. I mean, of course, obviously it's all scripted and shit, but, like, this interaction they showed with Cody where it just seemed like they weren't even close to on the same page. Right. So he loses to Pack. He's a little bit upset about that. Cody wins the title that technically Hangman should have won and never got a rematch for. I mean, the Lucha Brothers got an immediate rematch for their tag titles that they didn't win. Why didn't Paige, you know? Well, I will say that the uh, the justification for the Lucha Brothers getting in, they actually posted their first edition of their rankings a couple, uh, I think it was about 24 hours ago, and the Lucha Brothers are technically the second-ranked tag team. So, the, by default, number one contenders. So Fair there's enough. a little bit of justification there that Paige doesn't quite have because he doesn't have the win-loss record for it yet. Okay, I'll take it. So, but yeah, I... I I do see where you're coming from, though. But, yeah, Jericho goes over for the title, keeping it. All right. Final answer. So here's the last the last match of the night, and are we going to have a – are you and I going to be in agreement on everything here? Maybe because uh, I might go back and change one of mine because uh, I'm still thinking about the overall picture of this, and there's one match. I think the, I might take Paige – against Pac. Think you're going to take Paige? I'm keeping her, I'm I, writing all this down here, so I'm keeping track. Okay, good. I, I'm, final answer, I'm going to take Paige over Pac, mainly because I do not see any value in the Elite losing across the board, and I also okay. don't see any value in them only picking up one victory in a match that's not even sanctioned. All right. So that leaves our last match is the headliner, the uh, the one that was supposed to be back at All Out. The uh, ever since debuting at Double or Nothing, you had Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Now a lights out match. We've already seen Kenny in a lights out match against Janela on Dark. Mm-hmm. They took that unsanctioned lights out match, and which was already amazing, and then had a secondary non-unsanctioned right. match, which was just as phenomenal. So Kenny. Obviously super over, but again, you've got John Moxley is the guy. But again, you've got the need for Kenny to pick up a W here. So I am torn, man. I don't know which way to go on this one. I think I actually have a pretty solid idea of what I what I think is happening. I don't know. This is this could be just complete fantasy booking on my part, but I think I know we where we have a where we have a clear winner here. Sure, bring I'm going to take Mox in the win, and I'm not even going to call it close. I think Mox is just going to brutalize Omega. Really? Really. Because, you have, yeah, you have Omega with the uh, showing he's got some chops in the, the lights-out style against Janela, but they've been promoing a little bit of clips here from Mox's uh, CZW days, the I'm going to take a Salzal to the forehead days. 
light tubes and hell. And I'm not going to say that Mox is going to go to that that extent, but they're playing it up like he's going to have a return to form of that type of character. And we have yet to actually see a John Moxley return to form. Um, and that's a scary thing. I think that you have two separate stories at play here that both lead the same direction. You have Kenny, who has been falling away from the elite himself. I still think there's a little bit of seeds where that very first night of Dynamite in that tag match against Jericho and uh, Santana and Ortiz, he left the Bucks high and dry to go after Moxley. He did. Left them to take a beating. And he hasn't and been on the same page other than that one match with with uh with the, with with the Bucks versus the Hybrid 2 and uh and Kip Sabian. He hasn't been on yeah, the but, same page with them on anything. Yeah, but Page and uh Kenny also had a win on Dynamite against uh didn't they? They had a match. I don't know that it uh that was just this past week. Uh, and I don't think there was a definitive. I can't even remember who. Won. No, uh, Page lost the match. That's lost right. It, lost it to a Judas effect. Kind of got lost in the uh, in the scrum afterwards, but took took that Judas effect mm-hmm. in the face. But I think you have two stories here. One being that that Kenny is kind of on a losing streak and kind of needing to figure out why he is on a losing streak, and he really when Moxley went down with the elbow injury kind of overvalued himself and saying, you know, not taking Moxley seriously. And that's a recipe for a loss right there. I think you have that. I mentioned earlier, the redemption storyline. I think Kenny has a great redemption storyline here. If he loses to Moxley, he's going to have to come back from it, especially if he doesn't have these prototypical five-star Kenny Omega match, if Moxley goes in and just takes his fucking lunch money, he's got a long way to come back from it. On the flip side of that, you have Moxley, who is in peak Austin mode, where if you've gotten to watch any of Moxley's old school stuff, he is at his best when he thinks something's being taken away from him, when he's not being treated seriously, when he is not, you know, when he's put in a box and, you know, tossed to the side like a, a freak. That is Moxley's character work at its best. And you have the buildings of a very dangerous, very unhinged, very anti-authoritarian Moxley with something to prove versus Omega, who is everything to lose and a storyline there when he loses. So I think the, the, the benefit to this is you have Moxley come in and just go ham on the hardcore stuff, make an example out of Omega. Now Moxley is the king of hardcore. He's the king of hardcore. And he's also the focus of AEW as someone that you have to take seriously. He is the Austin of AEW and someone that as soon as he shows up on the scene, people sit up straight and take notice. Whereas I think there's still a little bit of that Dean Ambrose funk that needs to be washed off. I think this is your chance to do it. Ooh, I like that. So I, I think Moxley goes over, and I don't think it's close. I'm actually going to gonna 
disagree with you on this there one. There we go. This is going to be the <laughs> one. I hate to say it, like, I really like Kenny being over in this match, especially because, again, Bucks losing, Cody losing. Another thing I want to mention about Cody losing, it's important that Jericho maintains and holds the title. I don't know if you know this, but do you know what the next pay-per-view is? I don't, actually. Chris Jericho's Rock and Rager at Sea Part 2. Are they actually doing that as an AEW pay-per-view? I'm pretty sure it's listed here as the next event that's happening. Interesting. I did not know they were going that route. Okay. And, I mean, think about it. A party with the inner circle... Having oh, the elite, yeah. I mean, itself. like, oh Absolutely. god, there's so much story to tell there, dude. I, if that's the route they want to go, I'm I'm all in just to watch it, just because I can't wait to see shit on a boat. <laughs> I've never seen a wrestling I can't wait show to on a boat. See shit on a boat. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Fuck your bash at the beach. It's just bash on a boat. Bash on a boat. I love that. That's the episode title. Well, it can't be. It's full gear <laughs> special, but uh, maybe next time for bash on the boat, but. Final thoughts on Full Gear. I know we are gearing up for it. It starts in a few short hours here, and uh, then it's time, man. We're going to we're gonna witness AEW uh, full steam ahead. Right. I think you actually do see the uh, the Elite losing every match. I think you have a clean sweep by, a clean sweep by the uh, inner circle. Um, and ironically, there's a little bit of mirror image with that and the uh, Undisputed Era over on NXT holding all the gold. Oh. So, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of a, a, of a, oh, what's the word? Synchronicity or a little bit of a symmetry is the word I'm looking for. Uh, where you do have a moment where the heel faction has all the gold, has all the top titles. And I guess in this case, they're not going to have all the top titles, but has all the power. And I think there's, they really a lot do. Of, there's a lot of creative storyline-wise roads to hoe in that. Maybe if Santana, well, Santana and Ortiz going up over the Bucks would put them in prime position to get a title shot. Maybe they would I then would go over SoCal. Yeah. I could see that. They got to wrap At up the, the Rock and Rager, the... have them win the title there. Yeah. Whew. Could be interesting. I know that, uh, I will say that uh, Santana and Ortiz have had some absolute banger matches with the Lucha Brothers in the past, so don't discount that if you were looking at the, if that's your end game of having Santana and Ortiz win. Ooh, I love so, that. So to run down Shit. everything, I think you and I are in agreement with everything except that uh, that Lights Out match. So just to recap everything, you and I are both on uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD over B Priestley. We're both on Sean Spears over Joey Janela. SCU retaining over Lucha Brothers and Private Party, uh, both on Riho over Emi Sakura. Uh, we did defer on Paige and Pac. That was the other one. That, that was the last second switch yep. with me. So you've got Paige, I've got Pac. Uh, both on uh, Proud and Powerful over the Young Bucks, and both on uh, Jericho over Cody. And then split again, uh, I'm taking Mox, you're taking Omega. So if Pac wins... And Omega wins, we stay exactly yep. split. We'll be even. <laughs> oh, this is, I like the stakes in this one. A little one. bit it's, of tension it's, there. It's on two matches there. there it's go. great. So I think it's, it's going to be a hell of a show. I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. Well, I think that we don't have much left to say here, folks, other than get your asses to watch in the buy-in. Britt Baker and B Priestley are about to kick things off, I'm sure now, folks. Uh, as always, you can check out Journey into Comics Network, where Journey into Wrestling is every other Wednesday 
on the network on Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Also, go to patreon.com backslash Journey Into Comics. Give us a dollar, we'll give you a holler. And also, if we hit our $100 goal there, making $100 a month for the network, there's going to be an ultimate hot sauce challenge with many members of the network, and it is going to be a spicy boy. I cannot wait. Buckles, do you have anything else before we get out of here, my friend? Uh, No, I think that's about it. Uh, I'm going to try to post these. uh, If I get to the Facebook before the show starts, I'm going to try to put the pics up on the the, uh, Facebook page. Hell yeah, man. Well, we'll probably take a quick five here after this and then reconvene. So, folks, until you hear us later next week, next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, you will be hearing our follow-up to this episode and talking about everything that's happened in the past couple weeks in wrestling because it has been huge, folks. I can't wait to be talking about that, folks. I think that's going to do it this week's special episode of Journey into Wrestling. This is our full gear special. Thank you, Buckles, so much for joining me. I'm Nate. This has been Buckles. And we will see you folks later.